Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the flagship podcast interview, everyone. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com. Very excited to be joined today by... The head coach of the UTSA Roadrunners, former Texas assistant coach, Jeff Trailer. Jeff, how are you doing? Doing great, Chip. Thanks for having me on. You know, uh, well, thanks for joining us. Always fun to talk to um, Jeff Trailer. And Jeff, I want to start off with you because you grew up in Gilmer, Texas, and you, you uh, go on to become you know, legendary high school coach there, five state championship games, three state titles. The the high school stadium is named after you. But what was it like growing up in Gilmer? Tell us about your parents and, and you know, what kind of football player you were. Uh, pretty simple life. My dad was an administrator, you know, 40 years. My mother was an elementary teacher for 40 years. Uh, raised on a farm most of those years. Um you know, I remember throwing newspapers at my dad at 430 in the morning, you know, feeding the animals, uh, then going to school, practice, come home, feed the animals again. A pretty normal, I would say, for East Texas. Um, you know, I do think I learned a lot along the way. You know, I was resentful at the time. I can remember very vividly my mother. I had two brothers as well, Kurt and Andy. Uh, Kurt coaches with me. Andy's still back in East Texas taking care of my parents. Um I remember my mother one time telling my dad she was tired of the boys going to school smelling like cow crap and horse crap. He was going to have to get some help or get rid of some of the animals. And uh, it, right then it dawned on me that basically we were just free help for my father to, to raise a bunch of cattle and horses. I mean, and that's uh, that's uh, that's that reminds me of Tony Brackens. He had the same situation in Fairfield. But um, so what kind of football player were you? How did football enter your life? I was a big fish in a little pond, you know, uh, I was a quarterback all the way through and uh, was going to be the starting quarterback. And we changed coaches uh, and we went to a, an option style where I remember the head coach came in and said, if you don't want a four five four, you're not going to play quarterback. Well, I was probably a four nine, you know, and uh, the, he didn't have a tight end in his offense. It was a, it was a, a sniffer back, a fullback, a tailback, two split ends. I'd never played defense in my life. So I was, I was competing for the quarterback job, didn't get it. And I was the backup quarterback. I was a starting point guard on the basketball team, played third base and first base on the baseball team. But I wasn't going to start in football anymore. 
So I was going to quit. And my dad's like, you know, he's old school, right? You're not quitting. You started. So uh, I remember the, the old line coach came up to me. He said, Jeff, you're 6'3", 200 pounds. You know, you run well. You're strong. Uh, you'd be a heck of a center. And I'm like, what? <laughs> not center. And, uh, well, I did it and uh, ended up being an all East Texas uh, all-state center, believe it or not. So I was a quarterback. I guarantee I'm the only maybe person ever to be a quarterback, a center, a point guard, and play the corners in baseball. So I would say I was an average high school football player that thought he was really good. So you, you know, you get into coaching and not just get into it. You're one of the most successful Texas high school coaches in the last 40 years. So what is the key to being a successful as successful as you were at Gilmer? What, what was the key? Would you say looking back? Uh, just, you know, quit worrying about the winning and the losing so much and, and just really, you know, becoming uh, who you should be when you're a coach. It's, it's, it's about the players and, and nobody wants to hear it because it sounds too corny. Uh, but it's not about the winning and the losing. You know, and when I got out of my own way and I really made it about the kids and everybody's got their own terms, you know, trust the process, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that was huge for me. I remember in 93 reading Rick Warren's book, Purpose Driven Life. When you get your passion and your purpose lined up together, my passion was winning football games and calling plays. I love to call plays. Basketball was my passion, shooting hoops. I didn't know what my purpose was, Chip. And when I figured out my purpose was to make as many men as possible out of how many boys I was given the opportunity, well, when you get your purpose and your passion all lined up and I saw I could be really a good example for what God would want in the game of football and basketball and still get to coach boys, and, and, and maybe win some ball games along the way. Uh, getting that lined up uh, was huge for me. You know, you coached a kid named Chris Boyd who um, and his brother DeMarco, who uh, Chris and DeMarco both came to Texas, and I was stunned to learn that Chris Boyd had lost. You know, his parents kind of – it was sad. He'd lost his dad. His dad died. His mom was kind of wayward. He was raised by you in a lot of ways, his grandmother and you. I mean, um, you know, just talk about Chris Boyd, that as an example of a, a guy you helped turn from a boy into a man. Yeah, well, believe it or not, my mother taught Chris pre-K, uh, and she used to bust him and DeMarco's butt. You know, we still swing the board back in Gilmer. Um, and then my wife was his assistant principal. So she had – so my mother had him pre-K. Carrie had him uh, K through four. And then fifth grade, we started pre-athletics. So I took him over from there. And uh, he lost, him and DeMarco lost his grandmother in the eighth grade. And that's when I really got involved because they had nobody left. Uh, so uh, DeMarco went to live with one of my assistant coaches. And uh, Chris went to live with one of my assistant coaches. But both those boys were over at my house for Thanksgiving all the time. And we're really proud of Chris. You know, Chris is still with the Vikings. And uh, we still stay in touch. And I asked him the other day, I said, Chris, are you saving any of your money? He's like, no, sir. He said, I'm having fun. I'm like, Chris, we got, we got this. I, I hope he was teasing. Oh, well, so you, um, you know, you, you have your success at, at Gilmer and then you're at Texas. Um, 
as an assistant coach to Charlie Strong, what what did you learn, if anything, um, you know, in your time at Texas? Oh, well, I love Charlie. You know, he's a really good man, uh, and, I, and we're forever sorry we couldn't make that thing work. Uh, but I, I learned a lot. You know, uh, Charlie was old fashioned. You know, he wanted to build it. Uh, he thought he had five years, right? So he was going to build it with young kids and develop them up. And I learned quick that the, nobody's going to wait around anymore. You, you got to recruit a blended roster. So I, if I ever got my chance, I knew I was going to get the transfer portal, JUCO, uh, and high school kids. It was going to be a blended roster. Um, I learned how to treat people. Charlie was as good a recruiter as I've ever seen. I, I doubt you could find anybody there. I think everybody's disappointed we didn't win the games, obviously. I don't imagine you'd find anybody else that would say anything negative about him as far as the human that he was and how he treated people. He was a savant of how he recruited. And I, and I watched and learned how he treated people and how great he was. And he taught me a lot uh, about recruiting. I also learned about the pressure of, of big time college football. I mean, how quick it can turn, how fast it can. Uh, so yeah, I learned a ton there. It was a great experience for me. You know, I was runner up for this job uh, coming off being the big 12 recruiter of the year when they hired Frank. Uh, and now looking back at it, I wasn't ready. I needed four more years of being a college assistant. You know, I learned a lot from Todd Dodge, watching Todd go straight from South Lake straight, straight to North Texas. And being an assistant uh, helped me because college football is different. Football's football, the, the plays are all the same, but recruiting, the calendar, boosters, uh, requirements of media, uh, Watching and learning all that was huge for me, Chill. You um, spent time at SMU in Arkansas uh, with Chad Morris. And then you you get the the UTSA job. And you 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 know said you weren't ready the first time. Why were you ready this time? Well, I was a head high school coach for 15 years. And that that helps, right? Because you don't have Chip Brown and just watching you every single second when you're at Gilmer, you can make a few mistakes and kind of learn how to do some things. Right. So you get to practice. Uh, and we have our media too. Uh, but it's not like Kirk Bowles and Chip and, 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 and all you guys that are just, you know, it's, it's what you do. You're professionals at it. Right. It's more of a side job in Gilmer. So if you call an onside kick and it doesn't work or you, or you go for it, it doesn't work. You're not just getting crucified and you, and you learn how to coach you're still under pressure it's not the same amount of pressure. So I got to practice if being a head coach for 15 years, how to handle people, adults, media, children, parents, uh, situational football, uh, and then going to college again, getting to work with Chad and Charlie, each have their strengths, right? And you learn from both of those men. And uh, I was ready. And uh, this is the perfect little job for me. It really was. It was a startup job like Gilmer. No one thought we were going to be any good like Gilmer. We didn't have any facilities like Gilmer. There's just so many similarities. We won six games our first year at Gilmer. It was the first success they'd had in forever. We won seven here. We won a you know state championship at Gilmer, first one ever. We've already won a conference championship, first one ever. There's just so many things. And I was very, very blessed that Dr. Compost and President Amy and, and, and the University of Texas system you know, rewarded me, our board of regents with a, a 10 year contract, uh, which is just my nature. I, I, we really want to build this thing and do it right. The city of San Antonio is fantastic. It's a great spot. Carrie and I love the hill country and uh, we really want to do this thing right, Joe. Yeah. I mean, you kind of answered my next question, which is you had, you had 
power five schools courting you uh, this you know last off season, and you chose to sign a ten year contract at, at UTSA. You don't find that very often, Jeff. Why? Why that decision? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I, I'm gonna tell you a story. It's funny. I can remember, you know, sitting in churches and pastors always, you know, when they leave our church, they always tell us it was, you know, God's will they were leaving. And uh, I had an old mentor that I loved. I won't give his name because he'll sound sacrilegious, but he used to lean over to me and say, "You know, I never ever see those pastors when the Lord's will take a pay cut." And I used to always laugh at that. And I can factually say that I, I did take a pay cut. There, I, I left money on the table. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I still got paid very well. I'm not, I'm not complaining in any way whatsoever. But we were 8-0. And I just couldn't walk in that locker room and tell those kids. I just, I, I just couldn't do it, Chip. I, I, we've really tried hard to do this thing right, Chip. And I, I'm, I'm an imperfect coach, coaching imperfect people. There, I, I do – there's imperfection in my life. There's tons of it. I hope no one hears it that way. Uh, but I just couldn't, I couldn't bear the thought of leaving those kids and me being somewhere else and watching them try to win a conference championship and not be, be on the sideline with them. And uh, it's just that corny. That's just it. Uh, now they, they also gave my assistants a, a huge raise. We added uh, five assistants off the field. We've got now a nutrition system for our players. We did a lot of things infrastructurally wise to help us through the, they did a lot here as well. Uh, but at the end, it was about my kids. I could not tell Frank Harris, Rashad Wisdom, goodbye. And I'm so glad I stayed. We won that championship. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see. I, history will judge if I made a good decision or not. But I, I felt good in my soul and I sleep good at night. And, uh, and it worked out great because the, the schools that talked to me, uh, they hired really good friends of mine and I'll, and I'll be cheering for those suckers. I cheer for, I really do cheer for every school in Texas, every head coach in Texas, except when they play me. Uh, I'm a fan. I love the state of Texas and I'm a huge fan of coaches. And I know that sounds again, really corny and, and syrupy, but I, I want the Texas coaches to win. Well, we'll take a quick break with Jeff trailer right here on the flagship podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You've done a really great job of developing players. What are the ingredients? What are the top three ingredients you look for in a player? It's a great question. Great question. The evaluation piece is important. The recruiting piece is very important. But the most important part is the development part, it's, it's, and, that, and that is. 
So I've done way better at, at, at winning kids' hearts, their souls, making them better people. I've never made anybody faster. I've never made anybody taller. Uh, we made some kids stronger, but I'm not even sure how much we really should take credit for that. I'm still genetically inclined, right? My success as a coach has been the soul and the human. And I, I believe this strongly. I believe you could treat me as bad as you wanted to, Chip, but if you can make me better, I'd still sign up. But if I knew you loved me and you truly cared for me and you really had my best interests at heart, that's where championships are won. Uh, that When you can make them better and develop them as the total human. Now, every college coach says they do that. Uh, but I'll let you decide if that's factual or not. Yeah, I mean that development is e enormous. You have to you have to evaluate and find the guys who are going to be open to what you just talked about, and obviously they got to have some talent. But you went, you took over a program that you know had suffered, you know, losing seasons. You win seven games in year one. What was the moment where you saw? the team learn how to win or connect or you knew, okay, everything's on the right path. Well, I don't know if you ever just quite feel that way of, of our 19 wins, arguably 17 of them came down to one play. So we could just as easily be, have a terrible record. I'm not, but we could have won all of them too. Uh, we, we probably had our tail handed to us once the other however many games we play here now, 26, 27, whatever it is, 28, I don't even know what it is. The rest of them were down to one play. So we're, we're not that much better than anybody else. It's just our kids, man, they just play. We, we just play differently. Um, we, we, just, we just play differently. That's all I can say. Our, our kids are very committed to our brand. Uh, we, we, we are truly about our hashtag 210, trying to lift toughness culture. Uh, we know we're not the most talented team in the country for sure, uh, but but we'll argue with anybody that no one's going to play harder than us. When the ball's put down, there's a certain way our kids are going to look and play. And uh, so I don't know that you ever feel that way, Chip. But I do, I'll do. i say this to your question. On my very first team meeting, I told them, you know, they didn't choose me. I chose them. And only 68 kids showed up at that first meeting. I'm sure they weren't very fired up to see the big white Texas high school culture coach coming in there uh with his goofy goofy sayings uh but i told all 68 of them they could come have an individual meeting with me and just tell me three good things they liked about utsa football and three things they wanted to change and all those kids came and got a meeting with me and i listened to all 68 of them and you'd be shocked now at how many things those kids said were good and they were right and how many things need to be fixed and they were right uh and the greatest leaders you know when it's their idea, it works better, right? So a lot of times those kids come to me gripping about how, how hard I am about something. I'll be like, now, wait a minute. You're the ones that came to me and wanted it this way. These, these were your words, not my words. So that's probably what I knew I had them when they all showed up for the meeting individually. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fantastic. And then and then they start to see the wins and you're putting them in the, you and your coaching staff are putting them in the right position to win games. The the twelve and two season last year, um, I mean, you've come in, you've made San Antonio 
you know, we're San Antonio's team. We're San Antonio's team. And talk about that relationship. And now you've got a new, what, $45 million football facility. Um, you know, talk about that relationship with, with the city. It was just a nice match for me. Uh, it's a family-oriented city. Uh, they're very proud of their city. They're loyal. Uh, look how loyal they've been to the Spurs for years, and it's really all they've had. Uh, so I knew there was an unbelievable opportunity for us to come in there and steal some football fans. Uh, but we didn't want to just be the football team of UTSA. We want to be the football team for the whole city. So we've been very intentional in that hashtag 2-1-0, triangle of toughness culture, uh, to make sure the city knows we're their team. And, man, they have responded. Uh, everywhere we go in the city, it's birds up. Uh, people have on our logo now. And I wear my cap everywhere I go. And you know, Joey McGuire at Texas Tech t tells everybody it's because I'm trying to hide my bald head, which might be partially true. But I, I want everybody to know what this Roadrunner signal is and what the sign is. I, got, I can't tell you how many times people have asked me, do I coach for the Ravens? And people finally know the Roadrunner. And it's a cool, it's a cool logo. I mean, you know, Meet Meet Nation is alive and well, and uh, I'm thrilled to be in the city. I love San Antonio. They really embrace my family and uh, really, really grateful. I'll always be grateful that, for them to give me my first chance. I probably was not a very sexy hire. I mean, we had just gotten let go of at the University of Arkansas, and, and thank God for hiring your check to AD there at Arkansas that spoke on my name to Dr. Compost to, to get me an opportunity and just and my players, my my former players have just been so good to me through the years. And uh, I remember Jordan, my son, who actually coached at Texas with me for a little while, who's with the Saints now. He said to me, he's like, Dad, you understand social media. I hated social media, right? I'm old, right? I said, he said, Dad, social media is going to be what gets you a job. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you've just been too good to people too long. And everybody's going to get to hear about it because they're going to put it on social media. And in the old days, Dad, when you were good to people, nobody really knew. It was just word of mouth. And, you know, I'll be dying. He wasn't right. I almost got the SMU job when they hired Sonny because of my players again. I was the interim. And Xavier Jones was playing with the Rams. Now he led a charge on social media. And it's probably what got my name. Obviously, my success at Texas recruiting. But that that run at Tech at SMU, getting runner-up for that job, is probably what got me, you know, on the map. So kind of weird how it's all worked out, Chip. Well, I've, you know, I've said that, and I know you're going to talk about, you know, games against Houston and, and Army uh, before you play Texas, but I've said this is, this is a dangerous game for, for Texas against UTSA after Alabama um, with Jeff Trailer sneaking around the chicken coop, coaching up these, these kids, getting them to believe that they're, you know, bigger, faster, stronger, better than they are, which is just the epitome of coaching when you can take kids places they didn't even know they could go. Um, but talk about your team. You got eight starters back on offense, five starters back on, on defense. Um, you know, talk about what you, what you like about your team and, and where you think you, you, you have work to do. Well, first we, we're, we're riding scooters over here for our NIL deals. I mean, you guys are doing really well. I mean, we, we don't we don't have any Lamborghinis or, or <laughs> guys have, so we have no chance against the horns. Let's put that out there immediately. Um, but to answer your question, we do have eight players back on offense that have started basically three years, going on year three for us. Starts with our quarterback, Frank Harris, three really good receivers, and Zachary Franklin from Cedar Hill, and JT, he's also from the Dallas area, and Josh Stevens, who's from Houston. 
four offensive linemen back that we're really proud of. We have a tight end that's played a ton, and Oscar Cardenas right here from the city. Um, our running back, Brendan Brady, is from the city as well, Cibolo. Uh, we have a running back that came in that y'all played against, uh, Traylon Smith from Arkansas. That right. Recruited him to the University of Arkansas. Defensively, we lost a ton, Chip. We, you know, Tariq Woolens with the Seahawks right now, our corner. Uh, you know, Chuck Wiley, our wheel linebackers with the Ravens. So we, we lost some really good players. But we've got Rashad Wisdom back at safety. You know, Travis Harmison back at linebacker. Uh, we have another linebacker from Tyler and Jamal Liggins. So um, we're a scrappy football team. We're, we're by no means uh, – I have the utmost respect for Bijan and what Coach Sarkeesian's done there. Quinn, those guys are really different. Uh, y'all have a chance to be very special. And uh, so I don't know that we're anywhere in the same league with you guys. I'm, I'm just being very honest with you. Well, your team knows how to win. And that's something that this Texas team is trying to figure out uh, after the five and seven season. Talk about the difference in the mindset of your players from when you arrived to where it is now. And, and talk about Frank Harris, who's just, he just, this guy just kind of wills his team to win. Yeah, he, he's an interesting guy to watch. You know, when we first got here, he wasn't a very good thrower of the ball. Uh, but, man, he's a winner, and those kids love him. You know, we, we vote for our single digits. Uh, you know, you don't get to wear a single digit. We, we take every number off in the spring. So nobody wears a single digit for us in the spring. So even though Frank Harris has been voted in zero and Rashad Wisdom has been voted in zero, all spring Frank Harris wore number 11. And Rashad Wisdom War number 39. So why do I say that? Well, we're in a, 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 a culture right now, transfer portal, NIL, kids getting it. And these kids are taking off their jersey numbers and, and giving to a, another jersey. And we'll revote. We'll revote here in two weeks for fall camp and see if they get back in those numbers. Now I know Frank and Rashad will. And why am I telling you that story? Yes, about our mindset. That's our mindset. Our players are about the team. They're about the team. And they're not about all that other stuff. And it's going to be an interesting study the next decade to see how the coaches that have all the NIL money handle their locker room. And uh, and we, we do a decent job here in San Antonio, too. I, I made a joke about our scooters. Our guys, we've got a collective. We've got a nonprofit. Our guys are doing pretty well in NIL. Not to the level you guys are, but we're doing pretty well. So I don't want to make you think we're not. We're not a have not. We're just not, you know, Texas or Alabama, right? But our kids' mindset is not that, Chip. It really is about the team. And it's because I've got two of the best leaders in the country and Frank Harris and Rashad Wisdom. Well, I want to hear about your culture pillars. And then you – so your team votes on which players wear 2, 1, and 0 because that's the zip code in San Antonio. Yeah, it's actually – we vote for 0 through the 9. So any single digit okay, voted on. But whoever gets the most votes – Where's the two, the one, and zero of their choice? Uh, Frank and Rashad both got the most votes. They wanted to wear zero because back then, that was the first zeros there ever was. They wanted to do that. So, yeah, the, the players that best represent our culture pillars, which I'll fly through them, our pinky index, be a man of integrity, not situational integrity. Uh, ring finger is passion. You know, I've been married to Carrie Bear for 31 years. Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. Uh, you you got to bring the juice, right? I'm sure she hadn't just been fired up to be married to me the entire time. She probably had to fake it a little bit along the way. Uh, our middle finger is mental and physical toughness. Obviously, that's pretty self-explanatory. Index fingers to be selfless. We're going to always point at our teammates. We're playing the game for our team. My name is Jeff, right? So I tease them. We don't want to be Jeffish. 
we're going to be selfless, right? And then our thumb, perfect effort. We're always, I'm, a, I'm an imperfect coach. Like I make mistakes. They're, they're going to make mistakes, but they can always give me perfect effort. And that's all I really grade them on. That's all I really look at is, is how hard do they stink and play. So we're going to wad all five of those up, pound our fist, trust the process, which means control what you can control and win the day. We play Houston in 36 days. If we want to beat them, we've got to stack 36 great days in a row or we have no chance. And everybody wants to play good on September 3rd, but what do you want to do today on July 29th? What are you doing to get better today? So those are our culture pillars. Everybody's got them, Chill. I mean, Charlie had them. He got them from Urban. He got them from Lou. We've all got them. Here's the difference. Some guys have some words on the wall. Our players' words are lived out in their heart. End of story. That's that's the difference between a coach trailer football team and uh, in, in my life when I've learned a little bit more versus when I was a young head coach at Big Sandy in 1990 who didn't know anything and thought he knew everything. Well, Mike Leach once told me, you know, that one of the reasons, you know, he and how Mummy developed the air raid is because you can't find offensive linemen on par with the highest level program. So, you know, we'll, 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 we'll tweak the system to avoid having to, to recruit the best offensive linemen. The, the guys in the trenches are, I I've always thought were the hardest guys to recruit at an elite level for programs outside the power five or the elite. How do you, how do you find those guys and what, what as part of the development, what do you do to to overcome that gap? Yeah, I think the high school football coach in me there has helped a lot because you're not going to get to your point what you need, right? So if you got a, a tackle and he can't block the defensive end, well, you better put a tight end beside him and you better help him before he goes out, right? Or if you got a guard that can't block that three technique, well, then some plays you better make it where you don't block him and you read him. And if he takes the quarterback or if he takes the running back, you play off of that differently, right? You got to do something to help your kids. Screen game is big. You, you got to have, you got to give them ways. Think about it, that how unfair that is. If you're coaching defense, they, they can rush. You can throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage and block them in downfield. Uh, you know, that's, that's pretty nice advantage, right? So you've got to do things, get the ball out of your hand quickly. You got to change formations. You got to have a lot of eye candy. You got to help those guys. And that is where you start. And it is the biggest mismatch. When we play the University of Texas or BYU's or Illinois, uh, who we've played since I've been here, that's where it's different. Their old linemen just eat our D linemen. They're so big. And then our old linemen get eaten by their D linemen because we're so much smaller. So you got to find some way defensively and offensively to help your bigs. The skill kids, we can find great receivers. We can find quarterbacks. We can find running backs. It's hard. There's only so many six foot five, 315 pound large humans that can move in the world. And they're probably not going to come uh, play for us when there's NIL deals out there like A&M, Alabama, and Texas have. When you, when you look at the, uh, you know, the, the landscape, what, you know, you, you've clearly done a great job of finding players, evaluating players. You brought in a couple of kids from LSU, I think, uh, in the transfer portal. You're 
you know, your, your appeal is, is working. What, you know, in five years, where do you want the UTSA program to be? Um, you know, I'll, your dreams should be so large that your prayer life has to match it. So when your dreams come true, there's no way a human can take credit for it. And we've already, no one would have thought we were going to be invited to be in the AAC. No one would have thought we were going to build a $45 million facility. No one would have sure thought we were going to win the conference. So why stop, Chip? I think we got to keep putting a great product on the field. We have the seventh largest city in the country. We know what's driving this right now. TV is driving this. We have a lot of eyes that watch TV here. If we keep putting a good product on the field, who knows where that ends up? Uh, but in five years, we've only been playing ball for 11. Uh, we got invited to the AAC just on the success of the last two. Who knows? Uh, Power five, big 12, eight, who knows? I really don't know. But uh, I know if we don't play good football, no one's going to watch us. And we got to go play good football. Well, you you clearly are betting on yourself. Um, and that, to me, is word of warning to everyone else. If if Jeff Trailer didn't just win the first conference championship, go 12 and 2, um, you know, leave it. He's, you've already left it better than you found it, or you've already gotten it better than you found it, and you decide to stay, it means you think this can be sustained. I do. I think it's a sleeping giant. Uh, there's something about a place that hasn't ever been great. They're grateful. They're humble. The reason Gilmer treated me so good, I know I was one of their own, but they had never been any good. And when you've never been good, you're just grateful. There's a lot of places, man, they've had a lot of success. They're pretty arrogant. They treat their coaches pretty bad. Uh, th these people here, and I know I've been blessed. We've won a lot, and it's been, it's been a piece of cake, right? But still, there's a sense of humility here uh, that, that I appreciate. And uh, I, I wanted to honor that and reward that. And uh, I, I know it's a Cinderella story, Chip. I, I know everybody in the world is asking, what in the heck are you doing, son? What are you thinking? Uh, but I believe in the city. I believe in the city. I really do. I believe in our leadership. Uh, I believe in myself. I believe in our coaching staff. And, you know, our schedule is so incredibly tough this year. It might look different, right? There's only been 10 teams ever win 12 games in the history of Texas ever. Now I'm quoting Don Harris on that channel four. Uh, so that hasn't been done very much. So if you're grading us on 12 wins, then, oh, oh, well, just got that thing going backwards. Well, we've got Houston top 25, Army top 25, Texas top 25. We're going to have a good football team. Our record might not look like it, but we're going to have a great team, Chill. To you personally, and we'll, we'll wrap it up, but to you personally, what will it mean uh, to walk back into to DKR having, you know, coach there, and now you're bringing in a, a defending conference champion football team? What's well, a culture pillar violation, Chip? We've got Houston in 36 days, oh. but I'll be I'll be nice and answer your question. A lot of great memories there, a lot of great friends, a lot of great people, uh, a lot of a lot of people I still stay in touch with. Uh, that you develop relationships with equipment, with compliance, with media, administration, academics, strength staff. There's so many people there that I'm still very close to that are still so kind to me that they send me texts and. And they're good friends of mine. So it'll, it'll be great to see them all. Uh, but when the ball tips off, I just hope I don't hear that cannon too many times. It still scares me every time it goes off. I don't want to hear it too many times, Jim. 
Oh, I love it. We'll uh, we'll we'll wrap it up right there. I know you got a lot going on. Season's approaching. Camp is approaching. Uh, Jeff, anything else that that I missed that you feel is important to to share with with our listeners? No, I appreciate you guys. I know y'all have a job to do, and and uh, I, I made fun of you and Kirk and you guys, but you got a job to do. And y'all call it like y'all see it, and we're grateful. We got a job to do as coaches too, and we got to go coach better. And again, uh, wish we'd done better while we were there, uh, but it, it is what it is, and look where we are now. So yeah, appreciate look- you for having me on. Woo. Well, for Jeff Trailer, head coach of the UTSA Roadrunners, I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening to the Flagship Podcast. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. God bless. Birds up. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.